on table manners. Betty, our hostess, is having a few of her friends to her home for a birthday party. She has been to any number of little parties like this, but this is the first time she has given a party all by herself. <laughs> Fucking yes, man! <laughs> what are you so diligently writing over there? Are you writing out your last will and testament? You get it all. <laughs> good note, good note. Yeah, I'm going to keep it to where I can see it at all times. And What's my name, bitch? What, 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 what's my name, bitch? So tell me about today's episode. Mm. Have you started recording already? I've been recording. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so this episode is about David Parker Ray, also known as the Toy Box Killer. And we will get into why he was called the Toy Box Killer in the beginning of the next episode. So before we dive into the Toy Box Killer himself, I wanted to put a disclaimer out there. Um, yeah, this is going to be a two-parter. I thought it was going to be a one, <laughs> but things got carried away. So here it is. Um uh, it's, yeah, so get fucking ready. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be depraved, demented, and if you are easily triggered, stop this episode now. You don't want to hear any of this. The first episode is going to be kind of tame. Um, it's going to be kind of just like, uh, you know, getting into his life. Um, I just wanted to do like a quick synopsis of who this guy is and how he could get away with murder and how it was also done methodically, professionally, and most importantly, he did not act alone. That was me slamming my fist down on the desk. Can you hear it? <laughs> I can hear it because we shared the desk. <laughs> Um, because he Ray was only sentenced for the abduction and torture of three women. After his capture, his accomplices said that he may have murdered up to 60 people in Arizona and New Mexico. 60? Yeah, 60. Um, but there's a whole story behind that and how he was drugging them and how people may not remember and how he had access to all this land, all this other stuff. So he had access to a state park that he lived near because he worked for the parks department. Um, it was a 40,000 acre desert forest area. Um, and it was also the largest lake in New Mexico. Guess what this lake was called? What was the lake called? Elephant butt. Elephant butt? It wasn't. Oh. It was It was called Elephant Butte, but it looks like Elephant Butte, a butt. B-U-T-T-E? Yes, like a butte, a landmark. Yeah. Butte. Yes. You sure are a butte over there. Oh, <laughs> back at you, babe. So, at least one of his accomplices said that he had dumped bodies into the lake. He told her this. Um, the weird thing is after David Parker Ray died, the investigation kind of seemed to die off a little bit as well. His accomplices went to prison. You know, he's dead. That's that. Um, some attempts were made to search the lake, and they even talked about draining the reservoir, but that would have been too expensive, of course. So, like... How does a body decompose in a lake? Like, do the fishes eat at it? Um, do... I would think so. I mean, I how long can a body it. preserve in a lake? I have no idea. You know, they get bloated after, you know, a couple of days and they float, but then they eventually sink when they start decomposing. I mean, but I guess they could use bones if, if and 
I don't know. But it seemed like in one of the um, websites I was looking at, he had decided to eviscerate the body, which means cut it and take all the guts out so that it doesn't float and weight it down with rocks. So it could be at the bottom. There could be a number of bodies at the bottom of this, the biggest lake so in New Mexico. basically he was like the big bad wolf, that scene where um, Little Red Riding Hood cuts him open and puts rocks in his belly or something. Didn't yeah, that that's, in the big bad wolf? that's a very good parallel to that. <laughs> okay, okay. So he would be Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Putting weight, putting rocks in the belly of the wolf. Okay. Yeah. Proceed on. That Sorry. makes complete Sorry. sense. Sorry. So. Parallel um, universes. <laughs> there was, um, you know, there's still, it looks on the FBI website, like there's an active search on missing women and children, but there's, there's not been activity on it. There's been nobody calling in saying I'm missing this person, but you can even look at the FBI's website um, in Arizona and pull up his name and it shows you a bunch of keepsakes that they found in his home from the, the stuff that he kept from his victims. So, Like like what kind of keepsakes? Like uh, t-shirts, underwear, uh, earrings, bracelets, necklaces. Did um, he make like a teeth necklace? No, he wasn't that kind of killer. Oh, okay. He was more of a. That kind of breaks my heart. No, he wasn't that kind. I he was wasn't like he an was like Ed Gein made, type. No, like Etsy. No, he was not an Ed Gein where you could go and buy a nipple belt no. or anything like that. Do you think Ed Gein would actually have an Etsy? I feel like he would today. Yes, okay. definitely. Yes, and it would be sold as you know. I might shop on it. <laughs> It's definitely homemade. Um, But anyway, you can check it out if you know somebody that was missing, you know, between the 60s and the 90s in Arizona and New Mexico. You know, check out the FBI's website and see if you can identify any of the jewelry that was found. And the the other aspect of this story that I got into while reading up and listening to the other podcast was maybe more of a conspiracy than anything. I don't know. Um, I'll let you decide that, but it, it kind of got me off in a tangent and I was super into it. So, um, like what, what was this conspiracy or are we going to go into that later? No, I'm going to go ahead and cover the conspiracy now Okay, and get it I'm out of the excited. way so that you can kind of draw parallels into how these women were captured and tortured and who may have been a part of this. I think I might have to run to Walmart and pick up a cork board. Oh, no, no, yeah, you would need so many, yeah, yarns and tacks and pictures and dry erase and erase and erase again. Um, So, without putting too much into the second episode that we're going to do on him, um, I'm going to give you just a little bit. Uh, Ray basically made a tape that he played for his victims as they lie bound and gagged, um, just woke up. Basically, in the tape, he is explaining to these women and young girls that they've been kidnapped and they will be turned into sex slaves and won't remember a thing because they were drugged with sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. Not sure what exactly those drugs are, or what they do, uh, but apparently they wipe out your memory, um, like MK Ultra them. Um, uh. Yeah. Do you know what MK Ultra is? No, but oh, I, we'll I, get into that. That okay. should be in your conspiracy book. If okay. it's not, it should be. Okay. And I will write you up a whole bunch of shit on that. Um, so right. anyway, he tells the victim on this tape that he and his friends have sex parties. And you won't be the first person or the last person to hear this tape. On the tape, he says that his friends prefer young girls, but they'll take whatever bitch they can find. Those are 
His words, not so mine. So, I, 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 I dibbled. I didn't do homework. But when you first told me about this topic, yeah. I went on YouTube and I found a video of someone reading the transcript oh, yeah. with a horrible southern accent. Uh-huh. And it was like, he's really from Arizona, New Mexico. I yeah. don't think of... Maybe I don't know what But I think his family was from Texas. Oh, okay. So yeah. maybe that's where the accent drew from. Yeah. Um, because there's been used. several transcripts that I've listened to, and there were comments below it, and it said something like, why are you talking like that? And it was like, oh, or they were originally from Texas. Oh. But it was about 37 minutes long um, on that. Yeah, it's horrible. That thing. And we'll go into that at the beginning of the next episode. I mean wanna... like the Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Babylon Betty's podcast. Sit back, relax, and let's, let's have, have a fucking dinner party. This episode, I kind of wanted to go in the conspiracy aspect and just kind of give you a glimpse at who he was that made him who he was until 1997 when he met somebody that was an accomplice in all this. Um, so it, it was it was fucking professionally done the way he captured these people or had somebody capture them for him um the way he drugged them the way he held them captive and tortured them while other people watched that's the key while other fucking people watched what is that voyeur voyeurism voyeurism yeah but this was more than that this was like sex slavery like and you'll learn more in the in the upcoming episode. You this victim is forced to have sex with an animal. This victim is forced to be penetrated in all of their orifices. And this tape that I'm talking about prepares them for the torture that they are going to have. You know, they're looking into a mirror while they're being tortured. And I'll also go into more on the actual toy box mm. in the next episode and describe what it looks like. So this is all pre-toy box. Yeah, yeah. This is, I'm kind of going right now into the conspiracy area of it because I want everybody to keep in mind the victims and the fact that there hasn't been a lot of movement on that case regarding all of these potential missing women and young children. Basically, um, you know, the fact that he was involving other people means that he was not alone. And he could have been possibly, you know, charging money for these people to have sex with these victims, for these people to participate in torturing somebody, you know, because they paid money to have it done. So, (laughs) this is where we get back into the conspiracy. He had a lot of money. So, when I say, you know, large amounts of money, I mean like almost a million dollars. So, back to the conspiracy. Epstein! Yeah, that's where I'm going. That's what's happening here. Yes, you see it. I feel it. You feel it. You're so confused. I'm so, so confused. Yes. Okay, so what, what, here we what, go. What, no, 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 no. What? Take it in, baby boo. Take it in. Listen to this shit. Epstein was forced to take a plea deal in 2008 to register as a sex offender linked to a trial at his ranch in Stanley, New Mexico. Stanley is about two hours or so, maybe closer to three, from Truth or Consequences, where all of this took place. Horrible fucking place. Um, The then governor of New Mexico, Bill Richardson, was one name among many prominent names found in Epstein's Black Book, as we all know, and that's why, you know, he was suicided. Uh, uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, boo. Yeah. So... 
All this shit with Epstein has been ongoing and... Yeah, like, he lived there during the 90s. He was in um, Stanley, New Mexico. His ranch was called the Zorro Ranch. And that was when investigators say that, you know, he had a bunch of shit going down with underage girls. Um, One of the investigators even says that basically the New Mexico... DA's office, Justice Department, I don't know, um, failed these women in the Epstein case. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was able to happen again, you know, 20 years, years later. later. Oh, my God. So, what what they're drawing parallels to is, you know, if they were operating in the same time frame, um, dude was super professional, super, you know, uh, he was really good at kidnapping and torturing and, you know, apparently making money, <laughs> you know, while people watched, you know, him torture a, a girl. And, you know, that's super. What kind of sick fuck does it take to watch some smutty shit like that go down? Yeah. Oh, it takes some really, you know, powerful people. <laughs> that's what it takes. People with fucking power issues. So... The reason that I'm kind of bringing it up is, you know, who's to say that some of the women from the Epstein case are not some of the same women from the David Parker Ray case? Um, You know, the reason I'm kind of telling you this is to, you know, keep these women and children in your mind as we delve deeper into this case. And think about the torture that they endured in the last days of their lives, you know. And even are some of them still out there and they just don't remember what happened to them? One of the victims regains her memories years after this shit happens. So just for shits and giggles, um, and I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this because this is so much bigger than what I thought this was going to be. Wow. Um, yeah, bombshell bitch. I know. Uh God. Um, so why can't they just look at the little black book and make contact with some of those individuals in the little black book or those were just clients in the black book yeah but those were also very somewhere there's a rolodex of all these women and everything so why can't they just reach out to make sure these women are still alive that's the whole thing with this new case i mean you've got a black book with a list of names of powerful powerful people and it's not just reaching out to the powerful people i'm saying the actual victims there's got to be some kind of log because sick fucks like that just i mean they always keep something yeah exactly Exactly. You would think so. But, you know, I don't know who's investigating the Epstein case. And truth be told, I don't know too much about it, you know, outside of the memes that I see on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I, I, and I guess that's kind of why it took me by surprise, because I don't know much about Epstein <coughs> or any of that shit that's going, that happened. Yeah. Um, and this it. was, this was just one of you know, the parallels that went off to the side, you know, when it came to uh-huh. this. And the only reason I brought it up, because, you know, if there are, you know, 50 missing people out there, who knows how many actual people there are out there associated with this case. So, get it all out. Now that I've <laughs> introduced you to, just kind of introduce you to the Toy Box Killer. I want to get you some background information so that we can figure out what makes this kind of person tick. 
I like to go into a person's, you know, childhood and see what makes a twisted, sadistic mind such as David Parker Ray. I mean... Yeah. Is it nature versus nurture versus nature versus nurture? Nurture versus, nurture versus nature. Naughty by nature? Uh, naughty by nature. Okay. That yes. sounds naughty by nature. Naughty by nature. Is it that? Is it, I don't know, head trauma? Is it drug or alcohol abuse while pregnant? Is it lack of parental bonding? Things like that. Um, you know, do they have combinations of traits from the McDonald triad? So I'm just curious just because... Uh, you're talking about nature versus trauma or nature versus nurture but i i'm curious like with the ace study because you know that studies trauma and if he experienced trauma as a child or so forth is there something in the aces study that could link serial killers together yeah i feel like that's something that's you know being prominently because right now we are in the age of everybody's interested in murder Um, colleges are studying it. People are like you and myself are studying it. So yeah, people are, you know, looking into it. And, you know, that was when I found out about the McDonald triad. Do you know what that is? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. So that's also known as the homicidal triad. Um, and I feel like it's called the, um, triad of sociopathy. Um, but basically it's three factors of someone's early personality traits. These traits include cruelty to animals, um, which a lot of murderers, a lot of serial killers. Yeah. I mean like the, the Dahmers, the, the Edmund Kempers, the, you know, there were lots of people, the Ted Bundy's, they all started out torturing animals. Um, fire starting, bedwetting past the age of 12. But, yeah. you know, bedwetting is also tied into trauma. It's all exactly. tied in together. Exactly. And when you could put that kind of thing together, you know, especially with things like a head trauma, like frontal lobe trauma, because that's been something that mm-hmm. I've noticed in researching a bunch of other serial killers, that there's always been not only emotional abuse and physical abuse and that kind of trauma that comes along with it, but actually physical trauma to the brain that yeah, comes because, along with it. because, you know, it. certain parts of the brain do control certain actions and certain emotions and feelings and whatnot. So, yeah. so going back to the frontal lobe part. Um, so did you know that the frontal lobe is actually the part of the brain that controls the um, important cognitive skills in humans, um, emotional expression, problem solving, Memory, language, judgment, and even sexual behaviors. No. So I now did not know that, that makes more sense about the frontal lobe trauma you were talking about. Yeah. So you put that kind of thing, which, you know, he didn't suffer from, but I know of other serial killers that did suffer from, you know, you put those McDonald triads and the, you know, frontal lobe damage and stuff that, that together. And that definitely links with predatory type behaviors later on in life. So, David Parker Ray was born on November the 6th in Bellum, New Mexico. His father was Cecil Ray, and his mother was Nettie Ray. David had one sister named Peggy Ray, who was one year younger than him. And I, the names in these first stories, off, they get great. They get even off, better. Yes. That is why he is a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, when you start looking at names like that, you have no choice but to become a serial killer. I mean, Peggy Ray didn't become a serial killer. We don't know that. That's very true. She might not be found. I didn't do any research on her 
at all. I don't know what happened to her after her. Nobody loves Peggy. Um, it, it seemed like nobody loved either one of them. But I don't. I don't really have a lot of info on what their home like was. Li- home life was like, you know, living with their parents. But most accounts are of his father being very abusive, and he was a huge alcoholic. So of course, when David was ten, his parents divorced. Cecil moved to Albuquerque, and Nettie moved in with her parents. So when she moved in with her parents, she shipped the kids off to live with Cecil's parents, their grandparents. So their paternal grandparents. Yes, they lived with Ethan and Dolly Ray. Oh my God! For six years, and in that six years, they saw their parents maybe a handful of times. So you got that lack of parental bonding right there. Uh, yeah. But parents, I, parents, if you're out there listening, <laughs> hug your children daily so they don't go and kill a bunch of people. Yeah, I feel like that's super good advice. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of also think that this was the lesser of two evils living with their grandparents. Um, you know, the grandfather was very strict about farm work, the dress and appearance and discipline. He was a strict fundamental Christian. Um, so, you know, you were physically punished when you didn't do right, you know, like you got a whooping, um, if you didn't adhere to the strict guidelines, but it seems like Like strict, do you know to what extent of strict, you know, it was basically like you didn't get a whooping if, or you did get a whooping if, you know, you got mud on your clothes when I told you you should be in prayer right now, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, so he was very strict, and, you know, of the times, I'm sure it wasn't that strange, truth be sure? told. I, you, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking when you say strict, I'm think, thinking like the um, Catholic nuns hitting you with rulers strict. Yeah, I think he's probably pretty close to that. That's kind of creepy. Truth be told. But this is kind of the lesser of two evils, you know, moving in with their grandparents, you know. But by the time that happened, they'd already had a lot of emotional trauma, lack of parental bonding, physical and mental abuse. You know, that that shit's already taken hold in these kids. And that's hard to recover from. So, you know, when he got older, of course, like all the serial killers, they say he was a poor student. He was really shy. He was bullied in school. Um, it got a little bit older, uh, easier as he got into high school because he discovered he was really good at mechanics. And so now the people that used to bully him would also be like, hey, can you fix my scooter? Can you fix my car? Can you fix my bicycle, my motorcycle? You know, that kind of stuff. Here's another life lesson for the listeners out there. Be careful who you're mean to. They mm. might kill you. That is so true. (laughs) I feel like that should be our go-to slogan. Be careful who you're mean to because they might kill you. Exactly. Don't be a bitch because you might die. (laughs) You might be found in a ditch. Don't be a bitch. You might be found in a ditch. Yes, I love that. We've got to make that into a (laughs) t-shirt. It's very appropriate. (laughs) Um, So anyway, about this time, you know, he was coming out of his shell, but he was also experimenting with drugs and alcohol. So he started um, also fantasizing about raping and torturing women at, yeah, the, because at about this same time. That's what happened when I used to do drugs uh, all the time. Of course. Yeah. You, how many people did you kill? About five. Oh, good to know. Not really. Good to know. Not really. Search for those bodies in the south of part Delaware. of, oh, I thought it was Vermont. No. 
Oh, okay. We only went there in the winters. <laughs> um, so also at this time, um, Ray's father was still kind of visiting here and there, and I guess his mom was too, but... When Ray's father would come, he would bring home magazines. Some accounts called these, you know, true detective magazines, which... Oh, I thought you were going to go with nudie. Oh, I'm getting there, baby. Oh, I'm okay. getting there. Um, you know, I think true detective magazines would have had, you know, like stories about true crimes. And sometimes those true crimes Ooh, can pictures? be very descriptive. Do you think? No, but he also not only brought the true detective magazines in quotation marks, but he also brought like straight up... S&M porn truck stop magazines because his dad was a truck driver. Ooh. Yeah, because that's what you do when you, when, when you go out on the road and you come home to your 15-year-old son. You bring him, you I know, mean, what else straight you up bring bondage. Him? A puppy? Yeah, yeah. Puppies like are great. A kitten? Yeah, but they would have been murdered exactly. very quickly. <laughs> but, you know, also about this same time is when Ray's sister found drawings of women being tortured. Um, there were also photographs of women in bondage. He also had a clubhouse under an old tree where he had a noose and a bunch of, like, old <laughs> broken oh, bottles. Where the fuck <laughs> is the grandparents? I'm sure they're around doing, you know, farm stuff. Oh, you know, he's a 15-year-old boy. We don't notice anything. He's done like with his he's chores. Like, he's not doing his chores. Get the fuck out of here, kid. You're weird. Get out. Go <sighs> go play with the rope in the tree. That looks like you enjoyed that. Oh, my God. But the so thing they about thought it, it was a rope swing. Yeah, but I, I think he had planned on using that rope swing on For other grandma? people. No. Because on, she didn't cook the chicken the right way? It was on young women. Oh. And they didn't know how to cook chicken because they were young. Mm. So, um, along with the noose, it had a bunch of old broken bottles. He planned on using all this shit someday on a young lady. Um, and from one report, he also had a fuck hole. In what? A fuck hole in the ground. He dug a hole <laughs> in the ground and would fuck it. <laughs> So you could create multiple fuck holes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're an anteater. Yeah, and then, you know, those fuck holes have different personalities. (laughs) Oh, my God, and they got different shapes. So it's like getting some strange every once in a while. (laughs) You got this big old, you got this birth fuck hole. But then you got this cute, like, dumb Tiffany fuck hole that you just dug with a spoon. Oh, my God, so you could use, like... Oh, there's, ah, oh, there's so many different possibilities. Yeah. You can make it rigid. You can make it <laughs> short. <laughs> you can make it long and hollowed out. Yeah. Put water in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Make oh. it muddy and, and weird. Getting muddy. Yeah. So, anyway, as you can tell, he is he is on a happy, healthy path in life so far. Doing great. He graduated high school and became an auto mechanic. Um, he then got married in 1959, was sent to Korea for a year, or for a year later. And he had a son in 1960, but had to come home on emergency leave when he heard that his wife was leaving the baby at home while she went out to party. <laughs> wow. He filed for divorce from that wife, and his son went to live with his mother and stepfather. So I guess Wha- his... Wait. So, the parents that didn't raise him are now going to be willing to raise the grandchildren? Exactly. Exactly. 
Shut the, the mother fuck up. and the stepfather. Shut the There's fuck not up. a lot of information about those people. Um, That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just like a perfect storm for dysfunction. I wish I knew where his kids were now. Besides one of them, I kind of know where she's at now. Um, so anyway, um, I'm really not sure where his son was living throughout all, the, all this because he was honorably discharged and they remarried in 1962. That marriage would also soon end in divorce. Um, he also remarried again in 1966. Not sure where his son was. Because it's not him, it's them, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, crazy bitches syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then he married Glenda Burdine. Um, in 1969, they I were married. I feel like there's something important about her since you said her name. Since I said her name, she has not really a, a, a good bit of significance, but she is the mother of some significance. So, um, in 1969, they had a daughter named Glenda Jean, who they also called Jessie. Jessie Ray. Whoa. Um, Where did Jessie come from? Um, Jessie is his daughter. I get that, but Glenda Ray. I don't know how the fuck Glenda you get Jean Jessie Ray. out of Glenda. <laughs> Glenda Jean. Glenda Jean. I guess Jean. they took the Jean and put some S's on it and made it a Jessie. Wouldn't it be Jean Z? <laughs> and the only reason I bring up Jessie and not his son is because Jessie is a pivotal player later on in the story. Because her, his son probably has changed his name, claims nothing so. to his father. And moved the fuck out of Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, whatever, <laughs> and is living probably next door to us in Maine. Yeah, probably. Probably. He's that dude that's always fucking cutting wood. Always or the grass. cutting wood. Yeah. During or the, the grass. Yeah. I'm either cutting wood in the winter or cutting grass in the summer. Um, so, uh, this is kind of just a, a, a glimpse into the early life, early adulthood of this dude. Not a lot's going on that we know of. He has a son. He has a daughter. He's been married and divorced four times. I'm sure his sadomasochistic fantasies didn't play into that at all. Mm-mm. But nah. <laughs> there's not really a lot of information about the ex-wives and about his fetishes or sexual tendencies. It's because they, they don't want to be known. Who the fuck would want that? Yeah. That's horrible to know that, oh, by the way, uh, when I was married to this man, he tied me up and... Stuck hot dogs in my vagina. No, up your butt. In my belly button. In your belly button butt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but... Throughout this time, he's worked as a mechanic, and now he's working for the U.S. Parks Department. Fucking government workers. That's right. Um, It seems like he's kind of, you know, okay. Does it seem like a lot of murder is happening at this point? You know, besides him being just straight up white trash, he seems to be okay. Your average Joe-ish. Yeah, on the outside. Even though, after he is caught, it is said that he was murdering women in the area for years. But they don't have any way of linking him to these victims, and he was never a suspect in any of the missing cases. Are we talking like five? Are we talking ten? Twenty? I mean, they're talking like sixty. Oh, I was thinking this was... Okay. Don't mind me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, 
so throughout this time, you know, that's when in in the 90s when he was caught is when one of his accomplices made the allegations that he's been doing this for 40 years. He told me he's been doing this for 40 years. So, you know, he's not really suspected at this time. You know, he's just a dude that works for the Parks Department. But, you know, take into account that they are living in Elephant Butt near Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. First off, those names of those places, <laughs> that's a red flag. And, I mean, that's almost like a scary movie type deal. Like, it's not a red why, flag. Why be- would you go live in a place called Truth or Consequences? That's like somewhere you break down and die two days later. That's where sketchy people fucking go. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. So, you know, it's kind of, it's really just, it's just as bad as the name of the town sounds. It fucking sucks. It's rural New Mexico in the 90s, you know, kind of like the... A shitty trailer park next to the abandoned convenience store where you could, you know, buy a young child or a bag of hot lays methacracatine. <laughs> I don't know what that's a combination of, but it sounds bad. So it's not like, you know, today's New Mexico with retirees and pottery artists. It's more like drifters, hookers. Like that. Sorry, anybody in New Mexico. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know because I've never been there. I, 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 I guess because I don't think about New Mexico, I don't think about New Mexico. I feel like there's a lot of retirees and pottery artists there. I feel like they're in there. Arizona. Yeah, that, that, okay. So did, I feel like New Mexico is just a... It's drifters, desert. hookers, and scam yeah. artists. Yeah. That's, that's all I, it is. It's gypsies I, and people exactly, with a past. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's kind of where all of this shit kind of comes into play. You get all these white trash, you know, bar flies and, you know, bullshit, Lit, quote, I like, unquote, I friends. Like the phrase, uh, is it, uh, lot lizards, lot lizards. I feel like they stick out their tongue and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I will lick your dick. <laughs> so this is where shit starts going fucking sideways, just fucking quick as shit. In 1997, the year of our Lord, David Parker Ray meets Cindy Lee Hendy. Yeah, that's who he meets. And a match made in fucking hell was formed. Insert hardcore metal guitar riff here. Can you do that? Sure. Maybe maybe we could get your husband to come up here and play air bass. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. He is wasted. (laughs) So, I want you to picture uh, Cindy Lee Hendy. Picture this. She is a bad dye job, brassy blonde with thin, stringy bangs, curled under, teased up. You know what I'm talking about? And she's trashy. Chain smoking, liquor drinking, knife toting. She's a bar bitch. She's wearing like a black bra. I resemble that remark. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> so is this her? I just drew a picture. Yes, I feel like that is a perfect representation of of what she looks like. Yeah, oh, okay. the bangs and everything. That okay. was perfect, actually. Thank you. Thank you. So this skank is wearing like a black bra, white tank top, kind of cut off, midriff, 
cut-off Wrangler shorts and those white high-top Kmart sneakers with the Velcro straps on the top. You know what I'm talking Ooh, about? Oh, yeah. And the puffy socks from the 1980s. The roll-down socks. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for some of those a couple of days ago yeah, for my boots. Down. Yes, they would actually re- look, they would look good with that. <laughs> so she's hanging around the bars in uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. She is a winner. She is on the run from the cops in Washington State. She's completely abandoned her kids and is now, you know, met the man that will change her fucking life forever. He's got, like, slick back, dirty red hair, yellow skin with, like, pock marks on his face. Why are you He's... talking about my husband? <laughs> that is not your husband. He okay. is super handsome. Um, this guy's dressed in like a 70s style brown polyester leisure suit and cowboy boots. That is fucking hot. Nope, nope, nope. That is not. That is raper. That's a, I feel that's like a that's fucking hot. Nope. Throw on some aviators. Uh-uh. Okay, so what if he smells like this? He smells like cigarettes, aqua velva, axle grease, and anal lube. I think I've had sex with someone like that. <laughs> Please I'm don't tell alive. me you called him daddy. <laughs> no. Called him Big Papa. <laughs> uh, that's not uh, far from where I was going with that. Um, so, okay. So, here's where I kind of want to take a little bit of a break for part two. Um, because, you know, none of this really would have made it to the authorities if he hadn't met the the most beautiful and smart woman that he's ever met, Miss Cindy Hindi. The high IQ beauty pageant queen right here, Miss Cindy Hindi. So, are are you being facetious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. No, okay. she's a dumb bitch. Okay, I'm just making sure because yeah, yeah. I don't know what happens in Truth or Consequences New Mexico. She looks inbred um, and skanky and smelly and like she might accommodate your... Uh, murdering tendencies and the the need to torture young girls she seems like the perfect accomplice for that so um the reason i kind of wanted to take a break after i introduced cindy hindy um is cindy hindy cindy <laughs> lee hindy i like um, it when you say cindy hindy oh my god um it's a lot going on in the second part i mean i'm going to introduce you to the other accomplices um, and their victims, um, and, and I'm calling them their victims because Ray's friends were willing participants in what happened, and they en- they enjoyed what they did. Um, there's a couple of different timelines, a missing victim, and um, a naked fucking hero in a dog collar. <laughs> yes, this lady fucking running the street naked in a dog collar blows all of this shit out of the water because Cindy Hendy is a stupid fucking bitch. So there's a lot going on for the next episode. So I I hope you enjoyed the introduction to the Toy Box Killer. The real reason Epstein didn't kill himself. There you go. I said it. I did it. Hot take. I am making the presses. I am setting the news. I made it happen. I feel like, you know... I'm on to something. I really haven't been following Epstein, so I can't really comment much on Epstein. But I feel super confused that this hasn't surfaced in recent years. Because it's probably bullshit. 
but it's fun. It's fucking weird ass. I don't know. It's like a weird, fun back road to the main road of the Toy Box Killer case. And it was just something that was mentioned on another podcast. I I feel like this could be a link to his death because what if David Ray Parker, Parker Ray, David Parker Ray, (laughs) um, his ghost came and killed him. Um, yeah, I feel like he got suicided by a live person because they got more to lose than, than a dead dude. Yeah. I have no I'll doubt know, about just that. Just for shits and giggles. I'm, I'm pretty sure Hillary had him suicided. Mark my words. Why Hillary? <laughs> I don't know. Just because that's something that's on the internet. Oh, I His think memes Bill going or around. something. Yeah, I have, said. I have but, no idea. I mean, Donald probably had him. Oh, it was purported that Donald was also in that black book. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, it just, it went off in a weird tangent at the beginning. But I really wanted to put it into perspective as to, you know, what the bigger meaning of these missing sex trafficked people might have behind it. It might be bullshit. I don't know. But it's it's fun to kind of just imagine, you know, what these powerful people can cover up you know these fucking elites and they they live in their untouchable moon bases where they can you know live without repercussions of what they've done and i love my moon i don't care i'm gonna i love my moon base yeah you are not a rich elite (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gonna shine my laser of truth onto all of them into their pilot's eyes while they're coming back into earth into their little moon space rockets that's right elon musk that's that's who i'm talking about he knows what's going on they have a base on the other side of the moon and that's where they are housing all of these pedophiles that are touching these children and they are not doing anything about it they're hiding it with the you know the nsa and the csi and the cbis and the fbis and i'm tired of it i'm not gonna i'm not going for this shit anymore and i'm gonna blow this case wide open yep all right yep okay well um hope you all will join me on that Adventure, adventure of that, a lifetime, an adventure of fucking truth. We're gonna hold these people accountable for the crimes that they've done. They think they are too rich and too powerful to get away with watching a dog have sex with lady in a box. But that's next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's Yay! gonna be bad. It's bad. <laughs> All right. So. Like us, love us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We are um, looking at another uh, podcast platform. Platform. Thank you for the word. Uh Um, So once we get all that situated, we'll give you the updated information. Um, But like I said, follow us, like us on Twitter and Instagram at Babbling Bettys. I'm Betty B. And I'm Betty V. So we'll see you next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.